This episode of Brailcast Extra is made possible thanks to a grant from the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information about the Trust, visit its website at wcmt.org.uk. Welcome back. This is a recording of a fireside chat entitled Using Braille for Language Learning. The session took place on Tuesday the 17th of November 2020 and is introduced by Dave Williams. Good evening and a very warm welcome to the Brailist Foundation Tuesday evening masterclass. And tonight we've got a fascinating session all about how we can use Braille for language learning. And our presenter this evening will be Holly Scott Gardner. Hello, Holly. Hi, Dave. Hi. Um, We'll come to you in a second. Um, Just a reminder about some of the other things that are going on with the Brailleists at the moment. Uh, On Thursday evenings at 6pm, we have our Braille book club. So this is an opportunity to read along with other Brailleists. It's really no pressure. You don't have to read aloud if you don't want to, but it's a fun and safe and friendly environment uh, where you can practice your Braille skills in the company of other Braille readers readers. On Fridays, we have our Stay Safe uh, calls, which are really just an open forum and an opportunity to uh, just have a, you know, shoot the breeze, relax, wind down, ready for the weekend. So so they're they're a very relaxed session on a Friday at six o'clock. And uh, next Monday will be our final Braille for Beginners session in the current series. Uh, So there'll be a Braille quiz there and an opportunity for a very general Braille Q&A. As always, uh, this session this evening is going to be run in line with our moderation policy. So nothing too scary. All you need to remember is that we invite you to remain muted unless invited to do otherwise. This will help everybody clearly hear what's being said throughout the course of the event. And it also helps particularly for those people dialing in on the phone. So when we get to questions, if you would like to make a comment or ask a question, you can do that by raising your hand to attract our host's attention. So that's Alt-Y on Windows. So hold down the Alt key and press the letter Y. Option with Y on the Mac, star 9 if you're dialing in on a conventional telephone, or you can press the More button, which is bottom right of your iOS app, and then press the Raise Hand button from there, and you'll be invited to unmute. And if there are a few people in the queue, then uh, Ben, who is our host this evening, We'll let everybody know uh, the order in which we will be coming to people. Our presenter this evening has recently begun work with the Brailleists to develop our training offer and our free uh, courses. This is somebody that we've interviewed previously on the Braillecast and a young lady who's travelled extensively uh, in both North America and I believe South America. Somebody with a passion for learning, passion for Braille. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Holly Scott Gardner. Hi Holly. Hi, thank you so much Dave. That was a very nice introduction. Um, I Definitely appreciate that. And yeah, as, as Dave said, I have begun some work with the Braillist planning courses um, and webinars and various different things, which you can find out about on our events page on the website. But I am someone who personally has a really strong interest in languages. So I 
to tell you a bit about myself to kind of contextualize why I'm leading this session is that I studied Spanish at university. So I hold a bachelor's degree in Spanish and I actually traveled to Spain before I went to university so that I could learn enough Spanish to be a successful student. While I was at university, I traveled to Colombia in South America. And since leaving university, I have started to learn Hebrew and French. So I'm working on two languages, speak Spanish semi-fluently and um, a native English speaker. So I'm currently working at four languages in total. We'll see how many I make it to in, I don't know, 20 years time. Um, and that's, that's really why I wanted to lead this session was because I'm so enthusiastic about languages. And I really see how Braille has enhanced how I learn and has made me a more effective speaker of other languages. So when I went to university at first, I didn't use Braille. I had been a Braille user in English since I was two years old, but I went to university and I thought, oh, I'll just be fine with a computer. I don't, don't really need Braille for this. I mean, I'm, I'm a great screen reader user and I was doing fine. I was doing okay. And then midway through my degree, I decided to try Braille out in one of my classes and I halved the time it took me to complete translations. And I had a very humbling moment in which I realized that whilst I'd thought I was pretty fantastic I actually was just sort of surviving and using braille was making me far more efficient and I needed to continue to use it so I did since then um, so I really want to start by saying that if you do have questions or comments at any point throughout this please raise your hand don't feel awkward about disrupting the session to ask a question it's, it's really important that everyone can do that. I also want to say I don't know everything. A lot of what I've learned is by trying new things and thinking, oh, I wonder if this would be a better way of approaching this topic or this area of language learning. So there are areas where I am experimenting and trying new things. So you may ask something and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I'll go and find out for you. So that could also happen. Um, let's start by looking at how Braille actually helps you to learn languages. So I think the first really major thing to be aware of is that using Braille as a language learning tool will improve your spelling. If you're using a screen reader, you can hear the words spoken. You can change the synthesizer to speak with the correct accent. But what you can't do unless you navigate and go letter by letter is really see the spelling of every single word. And it becomes really tedious to constantly have to check oh, what word is this? Because these three words sound really similar, but they're spelt slightly differently and they mean a different thing with each spelling. And that is just an endless frustration. So using Braille really solves that. And the wonderful thing is you can use Braille in conjunction with speech if that's how you want to do things. It also really helps with the understanding of sentence structure and grammar and this is something that I realized very quickly in translation. Actually, I could break sentences down into their individual clauses. I could look at how they were constructed. And when I did that in Braille, suddenly I was able to fit the pieces together. It's like something in my mind clicked and I was suddenly able to translate far more effectively than I ever had been before. 
And this really links into that you're just able to read more accurately. Um, so one thing you'll be doing when you're using a screen reader is maybe you're asked to read out loud and reading out loud with a, a screen reader is a skill you can develop. But when you're reading in a language that you don't even know very well as it is, trying to listen and speak and keep listening, it can get quite complicated quite quickly. And actually using Braille um, results in a much more fluent and fluid experience. And these things will absolutely improve your writing. So whilst you can just learn to listen and speak a language, if you really want to know that language and get maximum use out of it, you need to be able to read and write. And if you know Braille and have used Braille to learn all the spellings and everything that you need to actually learn that language properly. When you come to writing, your experience will be a whole lot better. And you can choose to then write using a computer. I mean, most of us will, we'll be sending emails and various different things. And so we may write on a computer, either using a braille display or a QWERTY keyboard, but having the knowledge of how the language is spelt will really help you when it comes to writing documents. One way in which I found that Braille could help me that just would not have worked with a screen reader was as a language learning tool for watching films. So what a lot of sighted people do when they're learning a language is they will watch TV shows and films in the target language. And while they're watching it, they will have the English subtitles up on the screen. And this can really help you to actually learn a language a lot quicker because you're immersing yourself in the content but you also have that visual aid of subtitles of course as someone like myself who's completely blind you can't read those subtitles but with the iphone now and actually being able to have choose the subtitle output on the iphone you can choose that that outputs in braille and you could go onto something like netflix pair your braille display with an iphone you can add to the rotor um, a media output where you choose if the subtitles are spoken or if they're shown in Braille. And I always choose Braille output. And then I can watch a film or a TV show and read the English subtitles as I go along. In the beginning, you're going to do a lot of stopping and starting because you just can't read quick enough to keep up with what's going on. And that is exactly the same for a sighted person. When you're learning that language and you really want to absorb it, you're not going to be able to sit through two hours of a film and understand everything straight away. So what I do is I tend to watch a couple of minutes, read as I go along. And then if I get to a part where there's a lot of words I don't know, I might rewind and watch it again and read those subtitles. And what that helps you do is you're listening to the language being spoken, but you have that those subtitles in English so you can think oh I didn't know what that word meant and now I actually understand it within context as well it's in many ways a lot easier than pausing and looking up a word in the dictionary which you can do if you want more in-depth knowledge but if you really want to understand how it fits in the context of that film or what's being spoken then actually having those subtitles in braille in English is wonderful and I, I do that all, all the time now. I Honestly, it's, it's a way I used to really practice my Spanish now I've finished university. Another tip is to um, set the language on your phone to the language that you're learning. So 
when I was learning Spanish, I went through a phase where I changed my phone to have Spanish output. And so everything displayed on my phone screen was in Spanish. And I set my voice over to Spanish and I also set Braille output to Spanish. And that really forced me to very quickly learn what was going on. And again, this is something that sighted people do when they're practicing a language they may change the output on their phone and it's a way in which I found that actually as a blind person you can do this just as well so that is one way that really helped me because you have the assistance of voiceover you can listen to the language being spoken but you can also read it in some ways I think this gives us an advantage over sighted people because um, sighted people just have to read the words on the screen whereas we have voiceover actually speaking it which can sometimes help us quite a lot and all of these things are designed to create a really braille rich environment and this is incredibly important when you're learning a language is to create an environment in which that language is surrounding you in various different ways and it's in some ways harder to do that as a braille user but now we have so much technology and we have access to refreshable Braille, it's much easier to build that Braille-rich environment for learning that language. So I just want to check quickly if you guys have any burning questions, just from what I've told you. I speak very quickly, so um, I do tend to cover a lot in a very short space of time. Yeah, no problem thanks for that holly that's um that's really interesting great tip about subtitles as well you know like mm. combine learning a language with watching tv like what, what's there not to like um <laughs> we've got a question from jess uh hey jess uh you should be hello 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 oh hi i wasn't sure if i had to unmute but it seems i am automatically so great hello hi um i have a couple of questions um you said you uh, recently started learning um, was French and Hebrew, you said. Um, yes. Are there specific language programs that you use to do that that you could recommend? Um, and also, when you're saying about reading it in Braille, I mean, I'm presuming... I, this might be a, a ridiculous question, I'm not sure. Um, so, obviously, a lot of the letters are going to be the same as the English alphabet. So... Would that be the same letters that you'd need to know in Braille for English? So do you need to be a fairly competent Braille reader to start off with in English before trying to go on to do it in a different language? So these are both really, really good questions. Um, so for French, in terms of language program, I'm using a combination of different things. I'm watching a lot of online videos. I'm using... Um, just different websites to look up, for example, words in the dictionary. I've also used the Duolingo app, which has its faults from a technical language learning perspective in that you're doing a lot of translating. But what I think it does, if you're willing to look up the grammar yourself as well, it is a very accessible app. So I would Yeah, I used Duolingo yeah. myself and um, I didn't know if there were other um, similar ones. I, I quite like it, but um, I'm... I'm doing Spanish on it. I, mm -hmm. I also have a Spanish degree, but from a long time ago, and it's very lapsed. So this is kind of trying to refresh it a bit. And um, so, yeah, so I've been using it, but I've noticed what to me seem like 
because it's quite American, isn't it? So there's yes. things that I would have thought of in Spanish that I'm like, yes, I know that's right. And it will tell me I'm wrong all the time. Um, so I get a bit frustrated with it. Um, so, yeah, I just wondered if there was anything. Else. But the, the app in itself is accessible for voiceover and it's got different grammar things you can look up. Yeah, it is really accessible. And honestly, what I'd recommend if you're coming back to a language is to look online for, say, pen pals. So you can often look, there's, there's um, you can even post on social media and things and find blind pen pals I find quite useful because it's cool to meet blind people in other countries and that's quite often what I'll do is post on like a blindness Facebook group so there there are Facebook groups for example for blind people in Latin America so I might look up that group and then write oh you know I, I speak some Spanish I really would like a pen pal because I find that if you're coming back to a language that's a really nice way of doing it and then you can just chat through email and it it's one thing I'm doing as well I've connected with a spanish-speaking pen pal because i don't want to forget all my spanish yeah no that's that's a great idea i, I wish i'd done that 10 years ago or so but you know hindsight yeah. is a great thing <laughs> yeah and also i, I had my vision back then so it's like now coming at it from a blindness perspective is all a bit different um yeah yeah and um in terms of your question about braille so what i would recommend is if you know some english braille just start with grade one of the language that you're learning so there'll be some differences the the alphabet will be broadly the same you'll have to learn the accented letters the one wonderful thing about spanish is it's very easy because you learn a handful of accented letters and that's the only thing you really need to learn so once you learn those few others and you can really contextualize them just by reading because you'll see a letter that you don't know and then you'll think mm, okay i know this word oh it has to be an o acute and then you know okay that's the symbol for that and because that's what I did with Spanish actually I was never taught Spanish braille I just ended up figuring it out um mm, I yeah. wouldn't recommend for something like French going on to grade two because it's just too much I mean I I wouldn't unless I really wanted to get serious I think reading in grade one for another language is fine at least initially you know until you actually decide you really want to pursue the language brilliant thank you yeah no worries thanks for that jess great great questions to get us started uh, we don't have any uh, other hands raised at the moment but as you say plenty more opportunities oh and just as i uh, just as i say that uh, we have a question from sheila it is i believe so, uh, just asking you to unmute at the moment sheila you should have a little thing on your screen and you're good to go hey hello <coughs> hello hi Hello, love. Um, I joined ever so slightly late, so um, it's it's not a question, um, really. It's just a bit of my history. Um, I made friends 20-odd years ago with a German girl who was over here as a, a student a year out sort of thing. Um, and she, uh, for me, she uh, started to learn Braille. She's sighted. And I thought, well, if she's going to learn Braille for me, I'd better start learning German for her because <laughs> we were never we were never taught languages yeah. at school. Um, and so my husband and I, uh, we did about three years um, at an evening class um, for sighted folk. And, you know, they worked from a book. Um, and so I decided to get the book in braille and um some prison can't remember which but some prison actually transcribed <coughs> excuse me actually transcribed some um 
the 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 workbook into German form. No, sorry, uh, the workbook into Braille for me, um, which was great. It was two or three volumes, um, and. Um, when it came, I was really excited until I started to read it. And then when I started to read it, I thought, what? And the German words, they weren't in complete contracted um, German Braille. I, I really don't think there could be um, because I could recognise some of the letters. But like we have in ours, um, you know, in, in grade two, you know, the cannot have had many spirit in there and all that lot and yeah. um you know a a b for but c for and all the rest of it it had all those um and so i wasn't just learning the language um i was actually having to learn the braille as well um which but I, but i really got into it you know and i and I, I started to remember you know our wh is there s c h i learned yes. the um and i learned the umlauts and um and all that and i really got into it and um i, I don't think i was doing too bad really and um it was purely for hobby um, but I haven't seen my friend for quite a few years now, although we're still in touch. And I find that I've forgotten more than I think I learned in the first place, <laughs> which is a real shame because I love language. I love language. I love dialect. Um, you know, all the accents, all the different things. I'm fascinated with it. Um, and it's it's just a shame that I can't, I don't know, but that was a good idea what you mentioned to Jess. But I thought, well, I'm I'm not a right lover of Facebook. I don't get on with it really right well because I, I don't have the time to faff about. But I, I could always go to my friend. But the, the thing is, at the end of the day, I think, well, yeah, but if I learn all what I learned before and more, because I, I, I'm going to lose it again because I don't use it. You know, yeah, I, and so I feel a bit defeatist. Um, the other thing that I meant to say was, um, you, when you first started, you said that um, speech, uh, you know, when you started using Braille more regularly, yeah. you found um, that it helped your spelling. Now, I used to be able to see, and uh, when I was at school, spelling was one of my best subjects. Um, you know, but then when I started to lose my sight and I was relying on audio and Braille um, because of the contractions in Braille. Now I find my spelling is not as good as it used to be because I'm so used to seeing the the abbreviations and contractions in English Braille that I seem to have lost the art of how to spell things. So I've sort of gone completely opposite to, to how you feel about it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with Braille and, well, just, just people. It's um, very individual and something, you know, the using Braille really helped me because I could suddenly see how the words were spelled, whereas for some people it, it is confusing. And I think certainly with the language, if you learn some of the grade one that can really help with the spelling because you're just reading the words as they would be 
written you know without any contractions mm. um and I, I know what you mean about practicing as well that's it's the hardest thing is you if there isn't really a purpose if you're not doing it for a job or something you've just got to find like people to chat to and it can be quite difficult to maintain that yeah yeah it is because once I you know once I started having a conversation with people I loved it I really really loved it you know but th- that's just my two penny worth anyway yeah, that was. Oh, I love hearing these stories. It's actually really great to hear how people are learning languages and, you know, people who have learned languages is nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I must admit, you know, at the time uh, when the, we were going to the class and there were all these sighted people who had it all written down in, mm. you know, English and stuff and, 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 of course, in German as well. But I thought, you know what, Sheila, I thought you, you can't be that and because I'm, I'm having to learn two languages <laughs> at once. I'm having to learn German and German parts of German Braille as yeah. well. And so it, it gave me a real confidence lift, you know. Yeah, and I think that's a lovely thing about languages is it can improve your confidence because it's such a social thing too. So you're you're seeing how you can learn something, but you're also building, you know, something that really helps you connect with other people. And yeah you know it doesn't matter that you're blind in that situation everyone is excited when they find out that someone speaks their language they are Great. yeah well, uh, they th- are thank th- you thanks for that Sheila or maybe I should say uh, Dankeschön for that Sheila oh <laughs> bitter. still still got it um <laughs> quite quite a few hands raised now so we're going to go yep. to uh Paul uh Paul Sullivan first and then after Paul we're going to come to uh Laurent so uh Paul, you are now unmuted and uh, you're good to go. Oh, great. Thank you. Hello. Um, Holly, I'm a Braille reader, a lifelong Braille reader. I learned it when I was seven, I think, many, many years ago. I'm 63 now. So I've been dabbling with Spanish also for a long time, although not terribly. um, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it, but I really enjoy it. I always say I enjoy learning Spanish in the same way that other people learn doing Sudoku or the crossword. It just, I just find it so satisfying and intellectually pleasing. Um, but my question, to come to it at last, is really about paper brow resources. Um, I don't wanna jump ahead if you're gonna mention it already, but I'm interested to know what the RNIB might hold in terms of library now with Spanish material in or where uh, you know, or where or if other paper brow resources exist. I use a phone with a 14 cell brow display to access a dictionary online and things like that. But I really enjoy paper brow as well. So I'd be interested in your comments on that. Yeah, so paper brow is an interesting one. Um, as far as I know, the RNIB does hold some foreign. Holly, you're, uh, just to interrupt, you're quite <laughs> quiet at the moment. Uh, not hearing uh, much from you right now, but we'll uh, we'll do our best to get uh, Holly back. Uh, can you uh, can you hear me now, Holly? I can hear you. So, Holly, you're still really super quiet. You might need to replug your your headset. Um, I see James Bowden's got his hand raised, oh, and he might want to respond to. Th- yeah. Well, so, so James has. I tell you what. How? Um, 
uh, up to up to you what we do, Dave. But um, one of the things that we, we usually plug uh, on these calls is uh, our equipment offering. Do you want to do you want to give us a, a brief overview of uh, what equipment uh, we uh, we're able to donate and uh, what you might use it for and uh, how how you can get it most most crucially, Dave? And then should we try Holly again afterwards? Well, I think James might be able to answer the question uh, about paper braille. So let's okay. try James. Well, Holly, well, maybe. Okay, we'll try James. James, uh, sorry for putting you on the spot there. I know that you had your hand up before that question was asked, um, but you're uh, you're now unmuted, so uh, you're, you're good to go. Thank you. Um, it's a very interesting one, Paul, and the, the short answer is not much um, because our library at the RNIB is a predominantly English library for English users and the books are written in English. Um, however, the longer answer is, um, as you may know, the Marrakesh Treaty has been signed in the UK. It's ratified now. So looking forward, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more book sharing between countries. Can I just check if you guys can hear me better Yeah, you're good. Yay, Excellent. Oh, yeah. I hate technology. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, you know. <laughs> I was, also, I was also going to make another interesting point, coming back to what Sheila was talking about, the German Braille. Um, now, German is interesting in so far as it doesn't just have grade one and grade two. It also has, if you like, a grade 1.5. And that's effectively what I think, Sheila, you were probably reading. So the grade one is no contractions at all, but I don't think it's really that much used. And then you've got your grade one and a half, which has a few contractions for the common letter groups. And then you have your full courtrift or grade two, which is incredibly interesting stuff. Just like your French abrégé is, is full of interesting, weird signs. Yeah, German grade two is very difficult. And I, I think it was 1.5 as well, because that was the same as what I would have used at Worcester. And it sounds yeah. from what Sheila described very much. And I wouldn't, it, that was the standard transcription for German Braille in the UK as well. So that would make sense. Um, in terms of hard copy resources, you, you can reach out to La Once in Spain and they are the Spanish Organization for the Blind. Now, whether they will give you any of their resources because you're not based in the UK, but you're, James is right about the Marrakesh Treaty will hopefully really, really help with this because we can then exchange more Braille resources. So right now, um, in some ways, your best bet is to try and find someone who has an embosser and send them over some ebooks, and they may be able to run you some not wonderful copies, but decent copies. Um, and that is how I've done things before. And it's worth submitting if you have a specific title in mind uh, that you'd like to see available um, perhaps in the RNIB library you know contacting RNIB and making sure they're aware of your request which you might have already done uh, yeah, sorry, I, apologize. I, I thought I was still mute as I'm sitting here silently listening and typing a few notes thanks for those helpful comments I just wonder though I mean the RNIB used to have massive student library collections I mean I've seen stuff in other languages years ago in the old student library collections were they lost completely or are they gone somewhere else and also um i mean i've got several books that i acquired via the recycle it list the email group for blind people who want to buy and sell stuff um a few years ago somebody 
unloaded a 33 volume Collins dictionary and uh, about 20 other volumes of Rao onto me, which I'm I'm eternally grateful for because I'm not terribly proactive. You know, I wouldn't have gone looking for them at the time, but, but they came along at a time when I was dabbling with Spanish again and they've really fueled my interest and kept me going. And now I'm doing a adult education course and so on. Um, but it's the perennial problem with adult education courses is getting the books in, in the accessible formats and um, and generally just the lack of you know, awareness in the classes and so on. But yeah, so, so any, any ideas about the old student library stock? So Dave is probably a better person to answer, or James. I do know that RNIB has Bookshare, which is their educational library. Mm. Now, I believe you have to be, I don't know if you have to be a child, I don't think you have to be a child, because I think universities can access it, but you have to be at some educational environment. But if you're taking an adult education course, if it's through a college or something, I am not speaking as anything official to do with the RNIB, just as a student, but I can you access it through that? I mean, I would think James or Dave would know. So James has raised his hand. I, I don't know. Is the, so uh, I don't, is the I don't know the answer, but the, uh, what I would suggest you do is email bookshare at rnib.org.uk. I'll do yeah, that. Thanks. That's a good suggestion because I, I had assumed that I wasn't eligible for bookshare because I've always thought it was kind of undergraduate level or school or some but it may it may apply to sort of people like me that are doing sort of local council adult education classes. Yeah, it was worth a try always worth <laughs> a try official. yeah i'll do that thanks james well and and, and perish and the nice thought to speak to you again, by the way we we <laughs> might we might be able to um join as as the braillists so it might be possible for the Braillers to join Bookshare as a as an organisation now now that we're actually an organisation. So I will look into that. Mm, nice one. Yeah, that would be wonderful and to help people get those resources because I agree with you. It's hard when you want to learn, but you're not a child in school and you really want to make sure you have access. And because there is the Bookshare library for education, it would be great if you could have access to that. And, and let us know how you get on with um, with Onsay uh in in spain because if they again you know if they don't want to deal with an individual but maybe they're willing to deal with an organization then you know perhaps that's something we could we could also do i can practice my spanish trying to set something up with them. <laughs> thanks for that paul i hope hope uh, hope that was useful to you yeah it was uh, thanks. we're going to go to uh laurent now and then after you laurent we're going to go to rita uh, hey laurent how are you Hey guys, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for putting on today's uh, today's event. I think this is really, really close to my heart. I've I've always been a big language fan. Um, I thought I'd I'd just quickly start off by by sharing a few of the resources that I've really found useful. So, for French, similar to our RNIB reading services, they've got the uh, Mediatek of the and they had no problems signing me up um, as somebody from the UK. Um, now, you might need to get in there very quickly, I don't know. But uh, from, from there, um, I can access their online library with the BRF 
uh, files and uh, Daisy Audio. Um, and there's a similar service that I belong to, a German one called DZB Lesen. And that, that's also, you know, Braille and audio. Um, and they had no problem with me sort of writing to them in broken German saying, you know, um, I'm from England, I know a little bit of German, could I please join your, your library? And they were like, no problem. And um, so I'm not sure whether these guys could provide paper braille, but they can certainly provide a huge catalog of very current electronic braille stuff. Um, and you you can also select, I know definitely with the French one, what uh, kind of, uh, you know, a grade of braille you, you want the files in. Um, also, you know, th there's also the option of joining the US version of Bookshare. Um, and they've yeah. got some Spanish stuff on there. And you can either pay for it, or if you want it for free, you need to make sure that you're enrolled with a school in the US. So there's the Hadley School for the Blind that are always happy to take on international students and um, sign up for a course with them. And that will then give you your US bookshare for free. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that <laughs> I, I, I must take full credit for discovering that loophole. Um, <laughs> Well, and the funny um, thing is you're absolutely right about Hadley and um, it is free to take courses and they do it just reminded me they have actually a Spanish discussion group as well which you can join which is quite nice where they meet on I don't know if it's Zoom and they just chat in Spanish which is quite a nice thing. Yeah no, I think I'd need to check that out but then the, the other thing I wanted to, to mention was how amazing it is nowadays you know even in terms of accessing languages that don't use the Roman alphabet. Yes. Um, I think that's really, really amazing. When I was about 12, I had Greek friends and I, I went to Greek school with them on a Saturday and I wanted to learn Greek, you know, why not? So um, what I had to do was basically in the break, I had to sit with a teacher and she had to tell me all the words and I had to write them down on my Perkins in phonetic kind of my own version of, 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 of what, I, what I thought would correspond to the well, roughly the sounds and, and the letters and you know I managed to pick up the smattering of Greek but nowadays you know I've got a braille note touch plus and that thing has I don't know how many hundreds of braille tables and you know you can download speech synthesizers for it and you can pretty much set up a profile to do whatever you want and you know my, my experience learning Greek now would have been so much different um, and like you I've also hardly I've started dabbling with Hebrew a little bit oh, wonderful. Um, I thought for me that would be you know quite quite close to my heart would be sort of being able to read the Old Testament in its mm -hmm. source language um, so for me, that's a bit of a project and I'm, I'm just really flabbergasted by how relatively easy it's become from, from, you know, the times when I was a child trying to learn Greek. Yeah, I think technology has given us 
really wonderful access and also you know people who are working within the braille field making sure that these language codes are kept up to date and that there are tables for them I mean that we owe a lot to everyone who's doing that work because we just wouldn't be able to access those things otherwise and it's, it's made a huge difference to me too so I'm glad that you know it's been helpful for you and thank you for the advice about those libraries because I think that will really really help people. Yeah, my, my guess is that there are probably quite a few more out there that I don't know about um, for all kinds of European languages, at least, and who knows what yeah. else. I, I think so. I mean, and all you can do is email people and hope that they will, you know, email you back. Is <laughs> really where you've just got to go with it. Yeah, and I, I think especially if it's electronic resources, I suppose the... the the kind of uh, gatekeepers are probably a bit more chilled out about yes about letting people in yeah definitely um yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned about languages that do not use the roman alphabet that's actually what i was going to come on to next i don't know if we have any more hands raised got, before uh, i do we've that got a, we've got a few um mm -hmm. th thanks for that uh laurent I'm um, going to come to Rita now, and after Rita, we have Thomas. Um, okay. So I just asked you to unmute, Rita. Uh, I know that you're dialing in via the phone, so uh, if you're just calling in on your mobile, that should be star six. Um, we'll, just get, we'll just give you a... Uh, just a moment or two to try and do that. Oh, Hello. there you are, Rita. You're good to go. I'm here. Yes, yeah, so I was having a trouble, but now, hi. Um, I learned French a long, long time ago and was able to read it quite well um, in print. But now that I've lost my sight and learned Braille, I'd really like to be able to learn the French Braille code. Um, I've been able to read a little bit of grade one in, in museums and, and things, but um, I don't really know the accent signs and I would really like to learn grade two. How, how would I go about that? So what I would recommend would be to contact a Braille authority in France. So there is a book, which I was going to talk about it at the end, but actually I'll talk about it now because this is a good Thing to talk about. There's a book called World Braille Usage, and you can either buy it from the RNIB for about nine pounds or download the BRFs online for free. So whichever you prefer, whether you want hard copy or, or electronic. And what that does is that gives you an overview of all these Braille language codes from across the world and information about the relevant Braille authority in the country. Now, you don't have to get that book to find out about France you can you know research the French Braille Authority and I would ask them for some information on the code that's how I would personally go about it um, or I would find a French speaker so someone preferably a French person who also speaks English who's a blind person which you know by posting maybe on various talking newspapers or on online groups and things or asking blind people because whilst we all hate to admit it in one way or another, every blind person ends up knowing each other. So you'll be able yeah. to find someone through the community. And, and I I'm, would even maybe do that is actually find a blind person in France who would love to maybe learn some English and chat to you and you can learn the French braille code through them and then maybe share some information about 
English with them. That's one way I I found that's been right. Really yeah, that, that's a good. I'm, I don't really at the moment do social media t- terribly much. Yeah. That's the that would be my my problem there. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've had a sighted pen friend. Um, yeah. Well, more than 40, 40 years, but obviously that's no good for the Braille. And um, yeah. So I don't know if you do emails. You could join the Braillists yeah. forum if you do and maybe post a message there because what people could do is forward it to a friend. You know, if they have a friend in France, they could forward on your email to say, oh, there's someone from England looking for a, a blind French pen pal, something like that. Or, you, could, you know, you could ask one of us and we can do some outreach yeah. to find you someone as well. I'd be happy to to search around. I'm sure I know people who would do that. Okay, l- lovely. Thank you. Yes, yes, I do do email. Yes. Okay, I'll, perfect. Uh... Great. Thanks, All right. Th- thanks for that. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Um, so, Holly, I'm not sure what you want to do. Um, we've got about 15 minutes left. We have Jess and Sheila who have uh, both got their hands raised. Um, so I don't know if we want to come to them now or maybe uh, leave it for a little bit and see if we have time at the end. Up, up to you. So I have quite a lot left to cover. So I will try and zoom, zoom, zoom through that and then get to some more hands, if that's Great. OK. Sounds, sounds good to me. OK. So, yeah, the next thing I was going to come on to was languages which do not use the Latin or Roman alphabet. And... These are really difficult to learn without the use of Braille, I think, because whilst you can maybe learn some of the spoken language, what you'll really struggle to do is actually read and write anything because you can't just go on your computer and start typing in the language, unlike with something like Spanish, where you can guess, you know, oh, well, that sounds like a a T and, an, and you know, or that's a B, okay. But if you're learning in a language like Hebrew, you need to learn the Hebrew alphabet. So one way in which I found just completely essential is to use BRFs, so electronic braille files. So if you can get your books and training resources transcribed as BRF files, these are really, really helpful, particularly for languages like Hebrew. And finding a transcriber can be hard, but there are transcribers out there that specialise in um, biblical languages. So I learn Hebrew from a blind person living in the United States who um, works as a lecturer at a university over there. She's she's almost completely blind and she is a transcriber and she speaks Hebrew and Greek and she teaches people. So I was very fortunate to find her and she has produced all these Hebrew files for me and, you know, teaches me as as one of her blind students. So finding those kinds of people is incredibly useful and getting access to BRF files, because what you're not having to worry about is any kind of forward or back translation on your Braille device. It will just read as it should. Um, And I will put information. I'll upload some text based notes along with this recording on the Braillist website, including various different websites where you can find these kinds of people. Um, The hardest thing, really, and it doesn't matter what language you're learning is remembering new braille symbols such as accented letters and punctuation and the best advice I can give you for that is to read as much as you can and to read out loud so if you're reading in your head it's very very easy just to skip over a word that you don't really know and you're like well it's fine I'll come back to it later if you're reading out loud 
you can often actually figure out what that word should be as you're hearing yourself speak the language out loud and you'll be like oh I know and what that word must be now in this context so that's something that's really helped me and another app that I find very useful is um, Voice Dream Reader. So what you could do is load an ebook in whatever language you're learning into Voice Dream Reader. Let's say you find a Spanish book um, on the internet. So you load it into Voice Dream Reader and you can get a um, synthesizer for the language. And so Voice Dream Reader can be reading the book out loud, but you can also be following that ebook in Braille as well. And so you'll set the TTS text-to-speech to a really slow rate that you wouldn't normally use, but you'll practice reading the Braille along with the speech. And I find that incredibly helpful. Um, and another thing which I've sort of touched on in answer to some of these questions as well is to find blind people in other countries which you can write to. So maybe they want to improve their English or maybe they just want to know about life for blind people in England and they already speak good English or they just want to talk to you about music or something. And you say, well, I'll, I'll talk to you about all these things, but can you teach me some of your language along the way? Or can I send a couple of emails to you in Spanish and then you send a few back and then we'll exchange some in English. And you know, make sure you're reading and writing those emails as well. If you have a Braille display, then use that Braille display to help you with that. Um, another great language learning tool, and this is completely low tech, is making flashcards. So sighted people use flashcards all the time. And I find that as a blind person, I don't use them in quite the same way. So I'm not highlighting them and I'm not color coordinating them and all these kinds of things. But what I do, so when I'm reading my huge Hebrew grammar book and I come across a new word. So one of the first words I learned in Hebrew was the various different ways in which um, God is described in the Bible because I'm learning biblical Hebrew so God is kind of pretty central to this so what I would do is I would okay I know the word now so I'd write it down on a note card and then I'd write the English as well and what that meant is that when I came to doing some translations I didn't have to suddenly think oh no I know that word was mentioned somewhere about 15 pages ago and now I've got to try and find it and even if I do a search for it, I may not find it in the right place. So by making this dictionary, almost your own personal dictionary as you go along, that is something that I find very useful. And even if you're using an app like Duolingo and learning, I don't know, French, you can still do that. So I like to use note cards for this. You can use sheets of paper if you want. Um, I personally think the advantage with note cards is they're quite small. So I buy ones that are say postcard sized. You can use a slate and stylus, um, so a braille writing frame to write this, which also helps you practice your slating, which is something I like to do. Um, and you can write the word, the English definition, and then file them in a ring binder. And what that means is you can move those cards around. So. You can either arrange your binder in alphabetical order, much like a tr traditional dictionary, or you can group it by, oh, I'm going to put all the nouns together, all the verbs together. OK, I'm going to put all of these together, you know, anything that prefixes a word in this language. right? I'm going to put those together and you don't have to do it that way. You can order that dictionary in whatever way you want. You can literally do it in the order in which you learned the words if you think that would be helpful. So. It's up to you, but what you're doing then is building a resource which you can refer to quite quickly. And it's not hugely heavy to carry around. I mean, it's a ring binder. It's not that bad. Um, and actually, 
one other thing I've done with note cards is incorporated that with audio notes. So I might use something like the RNIB pen friend, which I happen to have anyway, and I might stick a pen friend label on a particularly interesting card where say, you know, there's, there's a word that has multiple different meanings depending on the context. And what I might do is then record some audio notes um, onto that label so that then when I come to that word I can also listen to my notes back again and I find that quite helpful for example if there's a word that I always get wrong or I always maybe conjugate a particular verb quite badly I might um, record myself some notes to remind myself not to do that this time around and I find that quite helpful having that mixture of braille and audio notes so that I can kind of record my long rambling thoughts in audio and listen to them or not, as the case may be. But I have the very brief braille notes, which is just the word and then the word in English as well. And I find that quite useful. Um, another way of doing this is to actually use UEB and okay, you wouldn't really do that for something like Hebrew, but for a language like Spanish, where you're dealing with just some accents, you could, in theory, read Spanish using UEB because UEB has provision for accented letters. Now, I don't think this is ideal because if you want to get books from another country and use their library, you're going to need to learn the Braille code. But if, for example, you are just quickly writing in Braille screen input on your phone and you don't want to bother changing to Spanish, just learn the accent symbols in UEB and then off you go. You can you know, write in that language and also read back to yourself um, quite quickly. So you can look on the UCAF website for all the various different guidelines about UEB and the RNIB has lots of information too. So if you want any of that info, it's all publicly available online. And that's kind of, I really zoomed through all of that, but um, that is the main point. Um, what I would say is if anyone has a particular interest in Hebrew, the Jewish Braille Institute in America will send you hard copy Hebrew resources. Now they do have the full Hebrew Bible available as BRF files. I also have it and I'm happy to share it with anyone. But if you want a hard copy Hebrew Bible they will send you one they they do have donated copies so it may be a used copy that was you know really cherished by someone else and now it's being passed on to you so if you really think you'll use it then absolutely they are someone who they do not mind what country you're in that what their focus is is ensuring that blind people who want to learn Hebrew and who really want access to biblical Hebrew have access to it so they're a, a really nice resource as well. Uh, so we have uh, one hand raised at the moment from yep. uh, Steve. So I'm just bringing you uh, in now, Steve. And oh, uh, the hands keep on uh, the hands keep on coming. So we're going to go to Steve, and then we're going to go to Thomas. Uh, so hey, Steve, you're good to go. Hi, yeah. Uh, hello. Um, thanks very much for the uh, uh, for the session. It's been great. And um, uh, one thing I was I was going to mention. Uh, about the biblical Hebrew and Greek for that matter, there is a site which does a lot of uh, BRF files, um, some learning resources too. Um, and it's called um, us. I think. Um, they've got uh, a, a few Tanakh there for the Hebrew 
Um, I did try and learn the Hebrew off of there, but found it very difficult. Um, yes. I've now tried to go on to an e-teacher thing, and um, it's it's interesting, um, but a bit challenging. But uh, yeah, it's great to hear about about some of these other resources you found too, particularly with regards to the uh, the Hebrew and things. That's a uh, that was good to hear. Thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. And I'd be more than happy to like link you up with my Hebrew teacher as well, if you're interested, you know, because oh, they are, like brilliant. I said, a blind person. So, and they, I mean, they teach Hebrew to sighted people too as their job, but obviously as a blind person, they're kind of wonderful at teaching blind people. <laughs> well, that would be really good because um, uh, they uh, they do five different courses, five different levels mm. on the, on the e-teacher. And um but they they kind of let me have the slides beforehand, but they're in PowerPoint. So I have to sort of oh, no. convert them and then convert them again and then take them out of HTML and put them into Word mm. so I can scribble notes on them. And it's, well, it's a bit tricky and some of the stuff is in the picture, so it gets lost as well. So if you, yeah, yeah if, if I could uh, get in contact with your friend too, that, that would be really good. Yeah, so if you drop an email to the Brailist help address, help at brailist.org, then I can get that forwarded on to me and I'll send you um, a message and, and connect you with our groups. We have a study group that we meet every week and there's three blind students currently, me and an American and someone from Jordan. So we all meet and we have our nice, it's very international. It's, it's wonderful actually. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds it. Really yeah. Help at, at Bradis.org. Yes. Excellent. Many thanks, Holly. No worries. Great. Thanks for that uh, suggestion there, Steve. We're going to come to Thomas now, and after that, we're going to go back to Jess. Uh, hey, Thomas. You're Hello. Good evening Hello. from Germany. Hi, Holly. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you and to hear you and to hear about your experience in learning languages has been very interesting to me. And uh, what I was wondering when speaking of uh, languages with a non-Roman alphabet, have you... Uh, ever looked into the Asian languages like Chinese, Vietnamese and so on, because there would be a really uh, hundreds, if not thousands of, uh, of, of um, science letters and things. Uh, and would there be a, a, a Braille <laughs> translation for it or a, a Braille code for it? Yes. Yeah, so yes, there is. Um, I don't know it because I don't speak any of those languages, though possibly one day we'll see how my learning goes. But but they do exist. So so there is, um, for example, you can read Mandarin in Braille. You can read Japanese in Braille. I presume various other Asian languages. Um, those codes have been developed and they are the difficulties I, I would say they're available online i mean it's it's about finding people is the hardest thing so um mm. really i mean again i would make that suggestion of trying to find someone else who knows it so for chinese i would probably look to maybe connect with some uh, asian americans who are blind to maybe speak to them and see if they know the language, particularly people who have come to the US, maybe and were educated in China and then came to the US afterwards, because there's likely to be less of a language barrier because they'll speak English, but also not so many issues with um, communicating over the internet to China, which can obviously be complicated sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Thanks for that, Thomas. Uh, last uh, few minutes now. We're going to come to Jess next, and then we're going to go back to Laurent. Uh, hey, Jess, you're unmuted. Hello. Hi again, Holly. Hello. Hello. You you 
partly answered my question already when you were talking about the um, flashcards that you use to um, kind of make your own dictionary. But I was curious about, you know, using dictionaries. And, you know, obviously when I was learning previously, I was able to sort of see the print in the dictionary and, and use it that way. But uh-huh. using dictionaries without sight just seems a little bit mind-boggling to me. Do you do that in Braille or is that mainly audio that you would look up words and are there sort of any particularly good apps for dictionaries that you would recommend? I would do it online and have a Braille display connected to my phone or my computer so that I have Braille output but I'm not using hard copy. Hard copy Braille dictionary is just volume upon volume and it to me it's I mean, it's a nice thing to have if you can get hold of one, but you can't carry it around. Um, And (laughs) what I have always found is the Collins online dictionary. It's, you know, a well-respected dictionary anyway. So that's also what you want is to ensure it's a a good one. So I would go with Collins because you'll, you know, you'll find students using the hard copy Collins one, but they have a good website. And once you get used to it, it's one of those things that it's like, at first it's like, oh, there's a lot, but actually once you get used to it, it is completely accessible. It will just take a bit of time learning your way around it. And that's what I used when I was at university. Okay. And it's just through their website that you go to it. I haven't checked if they have an app actually because I was um when I had exams where you could use a dictionary I obviously could do it on my computer but only with the browser and having someone looking over my shoulder so that's how I have to do it at uni (laughs) okay cool it's really interesting and your whole thing you've talked about it's been so fascinating and really quite inspirational to get learning again so thank you I'm so glad it's been helpful oh it's been brilliant it's really just I've Oh, I wish you'd been around 15 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Great, great to hear that, Jess. Going to come to uh, Laurent and then uh, very quickly after you, Laurent, we're going to come uh, back to Sheila. Hey, Laurent. Hey, so um, I just wanted to echo what Steve said about uh, learning Hebrew from Bartimaeus. So that's that's where I also have tried learning from, but it is... It is sort of pretty, pretty dense and pretty hard to digest. So I'll, I'll be getting in touch with, with you about, uh, you know, doing something with a bit, with a bit more teaching involved because I think that yeah. that will help. You know, um, I think the Bartimaeus resources have have had a lot of effort put into them, but it is a very dense experience trying to to get into it. But one fun fact is that. You know, I've found that uh, the Hebrew Braille alphabet, as well as the Arabic one, have it, it's nearly as though the letter sounds uh, relate a little bit to what they would be in in the Roman alphabet, not completely, yes. but to the point where I've got uh, uh, a Muslim friend and I could have a look at her Braille Quran and kind of read it. In in I mean, I had no clue what I was saying, but I was able to. <laughs> kind of kind of make the right sounds which which I thought was pretty cool and I'm not sure if a sighted person could have done that yeah Um, it's actually true and I mean the reason for that is I don't know about Arabic but for Hebrew it's because um I mean Hebrew was a language that was really only biblical until the back in I would say I don't know if it was 19th or 20th century when really it had a revival 
um, to be spoken and is, of course, now spoken in Israel. And actually, it was American Jewish people that created Hebrew Braille in the 1920s and 30s. So that is why it's so closely related to the English alphabet. So actually, as blind people, we get a much better deal than sighted people learning Hebrew. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the same goes for Arabic. I would expect um, so. Yeah, and but I also wanted to say, Thomas, I've I've had a, a bit of a go at learning Mandarin, and my reflections on that are that um, even if we were able to learn the Braille code for Mandarin, uh, I think that a lot of the sort of poetry of the language would be lost on on the Braille reader because. I think that that people who who learn Mandarin as sighted people um, getting really involved in all the ideograms and the way that they look and it's nearly as though the, the, there's so much meaning in the in the ideograms and and the way that they are presented the way that they have sort of subtle nuances of meaning and differences in in, in their appearance, etc. I think that, you know, we, we might, you know, need to work very hard to, to get the same kind of experience. Not, not necessarily of being able to acquire sort of a functional spoken knowledge of the language, but, you know, in terms of maybe appreciating the poetry or the in-jokes, that, 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 that's kind of my guess. So not saying that it's not worth doing, but I think it, it would be quite a, a lifelong study to to do that yeah well thank you because I, I actually haven't tried um mandarin so that's really a good thing to know and I, I mean i suspect you're right i know it's very different how they've had to make almost a, a really different structure for it to, to translate it across to braille so i expect you're right with that and it's one of those things like you say a lifelong study really you've got to put a lot into it yeah, I mean, there's there's an easy kind of shortcut in terms of using a system called pinyin, where you have the, the sounds and then like a number representing the tone yeah. of the sound, and that that's dead easy to do in braille. Oh, great! But, that's good. You know, know, if it if it came to the uh, the actual characters, then I think it would be a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's really good to know. There. Do we have time to go to Sheila quickly, Holly? Um, it's up to you, Ben. Let's go to last, but by no means least, we have Sheila. Uh, just asking you to unmute. There, you're good to go. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, just a quick one. Um, I don't have. Um, I don't have Braille displays. Um, so I'm presuming that your BRF are files that come on your Braille display. Yeah. Yeah, so they're electronic Braille files that you'd read on an orbit right. or another display. Right. Um, the other thing, I I missed um, what you said that you can get from the RNIB for £9, the uh, Braille in Other Languages um, book. And I also didn't hear all of what Laurent said about the German. I heard the lesen at the end, but I didn't hear... <laughs> what he said before that was it day-to-day -day reading or something oh so okay so world braille usage is a book which you can get from the rnib and it really gives a very brief overview of different braille codes used across the world so it's 
been described as like the Braille Bible. So it really gives you, it's not in depth. You wouldn't use it to study a language, but what it will do is it will kind of nudge you along the way when you're really beginning. Um, so I am waiting eagerly for my copy because it has lots of exciting, obscure languages in it. Um, and the library, I cannot remember off the top of my head the name of it, but what I will do is I will put it in um, the document that will go on the website. I don't know if that's helpful for you, that it will be in a yeah, yeah, yeah. document. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. I just bit, didn't quite, I, did, I just didn't quite catch, you know, I didn't quite hear what, what Lawrence said. I just got the word lazing at the end. But anyway, yeah, yeah that's that smashing. Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful. Great. Great. Thanks for that, Sheila. One, thank you everyone so much for coming. It's been it's been really, really great. I love connecting with other people who love languages. Um, I do for people who do social media type stuff. There there is a Discord server for Braille language well, blind language learners using Braille or not, um, which people are welcome to connect with me and join that and meet some other people who are learning languages who also happen to be blind. Um and it, it's just so great to share all this information. I hope that we can kind of connect again, especially for those of you who are interested in Hebrew. Can we just check in with Thomas very quickly? Um, so, it might have been in response to the question about German. Oh, yeah. Maybe. yeah. Um, Thomas? So uh, I know that you've, lowered, I know that you've uh, lowered your hand now. I'll just quickly bring you in just in case you wanted to still respond. There you are. You're good to go. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, exactly. It was about uh, what uh, Laurent said uh, and uh, Sheila didn't understand. What he meant was DZB, which is DZB, which is the Deutsche Zentralbücherei, the, the, the German Central Library for the Blind in Leipzig. And they have, uh, he referred to, to this library where he also had access to some resources. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that goes in the document that gets circulated as well. Thanks so much, Holly. So um, if you missed anything, a recording of today's session, along with accompanying notes, will be available in a few days from braillist.org slash media. And the audio will also be made available via the Braillecast podcast, which you can find in the usual places that you get your podcasts. Braille music is our topic next Tuesday. James Bowden will be back and uh, James is going to be teaching us the rudiments of Braille music and taking your questions as well. So if you've ever had any interest in how you might go about using um, music and Braille together um, to kind of complement uh, one another, then we will be exploring that at the same time next week. Don't forget uh, to sign up for the Braillist newsletter our book club on Thursday, our stay safe call on Friday. And uh, of course, we have our Braille forum as well, where you can connect and email with other Braillists as well. So thank you very much, Holly, uh, for a fascinating session and uh, lots of great questions there. Uh, I'm sure it's a session we could probably do over and over because it's, uh, you know, it's, an, it's, it's almost an endless subject. And yeah. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, all being well COVID-19 notwithstanding hopefully going to visit Nepal next year and I was wondering how I might use Braille uh, to learn a bit of uh, Nepalese so there we <laughs> Good are luck. Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we'll save that for another <laughs> day alright thanks a lot everybody uh, stay safe stay in touch and uh, we'll speak with you soon bye for now bye bye